Join us for Catholic Night at Honda Center on Friday evening, March 22nd, as we watch the Ducks take on the San Jose Sharks at 7 p.m. Your game ticket will include access to the Catholic Trinity Hockey League skills competition following the Ducks game. The first thousand tickets purchased through our special offer will include a limited edition Anaheim Ducks Catholic Night hat. To purchase tickets starting at only $29, visit AnaheimDucks.com slash Catholic Night. That's AnaheimDucks.com forward slash Catholic Night. Welcome to the Orange County Catholic Radio Show on AM 1000 in Orange and San Diego counties and on AM 930 in Los Angeles County. Each week, we bring you compelling conversation with church leaders and laity, talking about the things going on in our diocese and discussing the important issues that impact the world around us. We're coming to you through the good offices of Relevant Radio from our studios on the campus of Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. Here now to introduce our guest and today's topic is your host, Rick Howick. Welcome to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and with me today, we have our very special guest, Father Christopher Smith, who is rector of Christ Cathedral here in Garden Grove. And Father, welcome. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. And we're glad to have you, and we've had you a couple of times to talk from time to time, especially about the progress on the cathedral itself. And that's essentially what we want to talk about today. But before we get into all of that, and Lord knows we need it, let's start with a word of prayer. Very good. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Loving and gracious God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for our faith. And in particular today, I am giving thanks for the Christ Cathedral Project, for all the people who have helped this happen through their generosity and their hours and hours of work. We ask your continued blessings upon the Diocese of Orange. May our cathedral be a true center and mother church of this diocese as we move forward. And we make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. This project has been now several years in the making. Yes. And I can remember going back, well... I go back in Southern California to my childhood. I came across in a covered wagon many years ago. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it was a camper truck back about 1968. Uh-huh. But, uh, we lived in Norwalk, then Cerritos, and we're becoming on the five freeway and seeing the orange groves in Disneyland. And then there arose this, this cathedral. And I remember my piano teacher was part of the congregation and she gave money to buy a window pane. Yes. Remember, that was yes. one of the things that, that, uh, the That's Reverend right. Schuler was able to raise money from with the individual window panes of this huge, huge glass building. Yes. And I remember very fondly seeing the thing and coming uh, to one of the performances for the glory of Christmas. Yes. And I remember the you would have angels on, on the flying crafts and they'd <laughs> zoom it all around. If you look inside the building, at least over the last few months, as yes. you've looked inside the building, those of us who snuck up and put our, our heads to the window to look inside... It's been gutted totally inside, and it's it's gone through huge changes. So before we go too far, first of all, when are we planning to open? We're planning to dedicate the cathedral on July 17th, 2019, this year. So that's coming up really quick. So all of that gutting is in the process of being done soon. Oh, yes. It's very near completion now. So if you were to look inside it, having not seen it since the days when it was flying angels and glory of Christmas and 
and the Reverend Robert Schuler, what would be the first things that you would probably notice if you walked inside that cathedral and looked around and said, wow, that does not look like what I remember? The first thing that you'll notice when you walk into the cathedral uh, are the quatrefoils. When you look up and your eyes are automatically drawn to the ceiling, if you will, of the cathedral. What are quatrefoils? And quatrefoils are are four-sided metal petals, if you will, that hang from the space frame that is part of the original building. And they have different apertures of opening that let in different percentages of sunlight. And those oh. quatrefoils not only are beautiful aesthetically. So it's not just for the art value. No, it is not. It is, but they are artistically beautiful. They're artistically beautiful, and they're very practical, too, because they help to regulate the temperature because the the beaming sun doesn't come in as as brightly and uncontrolled as it did and we're we've added air conditioning to the space you don't want to make it into a greenhouse exactly <laughs> yes and, okay. and it was never air conditioned before and uh, on a warm day got very hot yes i i do remember um hearing from my piano teacher that it could get warm in the summertime it, it did it, i i was in there uh, a number of times and the quatrefoils also will help us with the acoustics, and they also help us with the light because all of the lighting for the cathedral is in those quatrefoils. Much of it is indirect, so there's a beautiful glow in there at night. And also from the outside, if you drive by the corner of Chapman and Lewis or even far away from the freeway, you see this glowing building. It's just beautiful. The lights have gone on lately, and it is beautiful to see. Yes. So I want to back up a little bit. Let's do a little bit of history if we can. uh, Sure. Hold up to where we, we are now. Uh, how long ago did we enter into an agreement with Schuler uh, Ministries and in order to buy this property? Well, it was 2011, actually. Okay. And in 2011, uh, Bishop Brown uh, was making plans to build a new cathedral for the Diocese of Orange. And they had allotted quite a bit of money to do that. Well, they were going to begin to raise money, more money to do it. I, I guess they planned to, to, yes. to spend a lot of money on it. Yes, and uh, they actually, Diocese bought a, a site down in South Santa Ana for the Cathedral Parish. And then the Crystal Cathedral Ministries went into bankruptcy And uh, some people studied the possibility of buying it and the wisdom of that and thought it would be very good for us to do that. So we put our hat in the ring, if you will, among those who were making bids for it in the bankruptcy court. And through God's grace and also the encouragement of Dr. Schuler and his wife, the purchase of the property was awarded to the Diocese of Orange. That happened in November of 2011. And escrow actually closed in February of 2012. Okay, so about seven years ago this month. Yes. And just to stress this, this was actually then something that the Reverend Schuler wanted to see happen. Not that he wanted the bankruptcy to happen, but that if he had to sell the property, he was glad it was going to go to a Christian organization that was going to use it for Christian purposes. Yes, that was the incentive that he had, and he really... Uh, he really had a quite an esteem for the Roman Catholic Church and was delighted if this had to happen that the Diocese of Orange bought it. In fact, when I met him at that time, he said to me personally, he said, I built uh, the campus for Christ and I know that with the Roman Catholic Church, it will always be a place for Christ forever. And that... That is something that has, we've got the down payment on, so to speak, but that's the intent of where we're going to be going with this. Yes. Before he passed away, I know he still maintained an office in in the building we're in right now, 
the the listening audience can't see, but if you've ever been to the campus, there's a very tall building not far from the actual cathedral that has a big cross on top. That's called the Tower of Hope. And we're uh, in that building with the studio there. But above us was an office that he maintained up till he finally passed away. Yes, he maintained an office on the 12th floor. And the agreement was that we would keep that office unused until his death, which we honored. Okay. And then I also know that some of the ministries that he did here, the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange worked to to integrate some of those. And I know we still have, there's a hotline that's still, that was one of the original ones in 1968 or so that was established that we still have going on here. Yes, in fact, that ministry is why the Tower of Hope is called the Tower of Hope, because the ministry is called the New Hope Ministry. Dr. Schuler's wife, Arvella, started that over 40 years ago, and it was at the time and still is a Christian hotline where people can call in if they're very feeling desperate or down or even suicidal and get some counseling and get some prayer. I was the first person from the diocese to actually have an office here on the campus, and I had it here in the Tower of Hope on the fourth floor, and I met a lot of the pastors that were here. And they came to me at one point and said, you know what, we can't really financially keep the New Hope Ministry going. Is there any way the Diocese of Orange could take it over? So we talked about it, and eventually we were able to arrange an agreement with Catholic Charities of Orange County to have it be a ministry of Catholic Charities. The diocese put a gift of $50,000 to keep the hotline going in the interim. And I'm really happy to say that over the course of all those years, the hotline has never been down once. It's been open. I understand that was one of the first hotlines that was run by a private organization to be available 24 hours a day just to be able to hear people who were in need. Yes, and it's a great partnership because Dr. Louise Dunn is the director. She was the director under Crystal Cathedral Ministries. Many of the counselors are still members of what is now called Shepherd's Grove, which Mm -hmm. was Crystal Cathedral, and Catholics. So it's a really wonderful mix of people. What a wonderful amalgam. I've had her on the program before, and she's a delight to have on. And one who also... um, is deeply appreciative of the partnership that has taken place. Yes. So I guess what I'm trying to establish is that this has been very much a transition of continuation, really, of ministry for this property, not just the ministry of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, but also the ministry of Jesus Christ at large in in, um, Orange County. This has really now, I, I think, become a center of Christianity for... Southern California. I think that's absolutely correct. The tradition here is is wonderful. There's a great legacy that we've been building on. And as you said, it it was a spiritual center and now is even more so as the ministries continue to grow and flourish here. And that's really what a cathedral is supposed to be. It's supposed to be the center of the diocese and a place out of which emanate a number of ministries and ways that the Lord's love can touch others. I know that the way the buildings have been utilized since taking over, that the diocese has kind of split some of the ministries between um, this, the large building as you enter uh, off of the Chapman side, uh, which has half of the building is a school, yes, and the other half is essentially the bishop's offices and those that serve the diocese and the bishop proper. Yes. And then this building on the other end of campus, which is the Tower of Hope, 
which has a number of related ministries, some of which are, are more related over there, some of which are more related over here, but a variety of ministries that cover a whole gamut of different things. What's in this tower? The Tower of Hope, first of all, the parish offices are here. All the offices for Christ Cathedral Parish are here. Okay, so the actual church itself for those who live in this boundary or who attend this this particular Catholic church, the offices are here for that. Yes. As opposed to the diocesan central offices for the whole diocese, which is in the big building on the other side, That's primarily. Right. Yeah, and I guess the way to describe it is to say that the diocesan offices provide the infrastructure for all of the parish ministries, Christ Cathedral, and all of the other parishes of the diocese. And just to note, uh, for those who may not know, the parish here now called Christ Cathedral used to be St. Callistus Parish, which was located about eight blocks down the street on Lewis. And when the diocese purchased this property, Part of that agreement was that the parish would literally move here to this campus. I understand that there was some quid pro quo a little bit to help empower the ministry with St. Callistus, uh, that there was the ability for um, some of the ministry to still go on at St. Callistus, but working with the Schuler Ministries? No, the parish actually, all the ministries of the parish moved here. What the, what happened was that the diocese offered the Crystal Cathedral oh. Ministries the possibility of moving to the St. Callistus property. Oh, okay, that was what that was. Yes, and so uh, in 2013, and the at first uh, the Crystal Cathedral Ministries wanted to stay on the campus, but then decided that they would like to move to St. Callistus. Oh, very good. So there was the ability to help accommodate them yes, even more. Yes, absolutely. So right now, this particular building houses, I know it, it houses a number of different ministries. It has on, on this floor a television studio. We have that being used extensively by EWTN. Yes. I know Father uh, Spitzer uh, is has a regular weekly program that emanates from there. And then we, of course, have the radio studio here where we've got a number of different programs. When we come back, we can talk a little bit about one program a little bit later in the show that's going to be coming up that I understand you're going to be directly involved with. Yes. But so far, what we've had has been a history of smooth transition, knock on wood. Yes, exactly. <laughs> smooth transition toward the the Christ Cathedral opening, which is going to be happening shortly in July. Yes, you are listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. With me today is Father Christopher Smith, who is the rector of Christ Cathedral Campus here in beautiful Garden Grove, California. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more now about what's coming up with how the cathedral is in the process of getting ready to open. And then a little bit more about uh, what kinds of ministry the real vision is for what this campus can do. Again, you're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio, and we'll be right back. This is Lee Sweeney, Executive Director of the Shroud Center of Southern California, and I'd like to invite you to an exciting event coming up Saturday, April 13th at 7 p.m. at Christ Cathedral. We'll be hosting an amazing talk by two of the top world's experts on the Shroud, Father Robert Spitzer and Barry Schwartz. This is going to be an exciting event, talking about the Shroud of Turin. For more information about how to attend this event, go to ShroudCenter.com. That's ShroudCenter.com. We hope to see you there. 
underwritten by the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange. This is John Romeri, music director at Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, California. We are one year away from the dedication of our beautiful cathedral, and we have some spectacular concerts available to you. Check them all out at ChristCathedralMusic.org or on our Facebook page, Christ Cathedral Music. We'd love to see you here. Christ Cathedral Concerts. Great music in a sacred place. For tickets, visit ChristCathedralMusic.org. The passing of a loved one is a difficult and often sorrowful step in life's journey. The helpful and supportive staff at the Cathedral Memorial Garden Cemetery, located on the 34-acre iconic Christ Cathedral campus, are here to assist you and your family through this transition, offering a central location, serene garden-like grounds, majestic fountains, and a dramatic statuary, all set within the beautiful Christ Cathedral campus. For more information, please visit memorialgardens.christcathedralcalifornia.org or contact 714-489-6102. Welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio, coming to you high atop the Tower of Hope in beautiful Garden Grove, California, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. I'm Rick Howick, and with me today is Father Christopher Smith, who is the rector of Christ Cathedral, which is where we're broadcasting from. And Father, it's very good to have you, because as the rector of the cathedral, you can answer all the questions that we have about what is going on here. There are construction trucks and torn up parking lots, and walls that have come down, and all sorts of mess that has been going on for the last couple of years now. When's it coming to an end? Well, it's coming to an end for a while. On oh, I like uh, how you put that. Yes. <laughs> well, you ever thought about going into politics, Father? <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the end of March, first part of April, the all the construction will be finished. So that's not far away, and that no. means the in, the interior and also uh, the, a good deal of the site work that's going on, because not only are we renovating the whole inside of the cathedral, as we mentioned, but all the outside of the cathedral is being renovated, especially through the fact that we are building a plaza around the whole cathedral, beautiful plaza, which it's never had before. And that will center the cathedral right in the middle of the campus, and visually that's the what it will look like. And plus it will be a great gathering space. Another reason for the construction outside in the torn up parking lots is because we're expanding the cathedral memorial gardens as well there's a cemetery here on campus we're making it twice the size that it is and the memorial gardens is built below grade and that's so that when you drive on the campus it doesn't look like you're driving onto a cemetery Uh, and that's what we're continuing so all kinds of earth is being moved now that project will not be done until probably the summer of 2020. Now, that means that what we have here is not just the original Christ Cathedral Ministries uh, cemetery, but a Catholic cemetery with Catholic blessed ground. This is a place that people could elect to be buried on the cathedral. Yes, and already do. It's called the Cathedral Memorial Gardens, and we're, we're calling it an ecumenical cemetery because there are a number of people who are interred there, who are from the Crystal Cathedral Ministries and who also have plots there. Right. And so, uh, and all the, all the spaces that we inter people are all blessed through the church and all. So it's, okay. it's a place that, uh, is welcoming for the people that have already purchased. I, I don't want to be flippant <laughs> anyway, yeah. but when they went through all the bankruptcy things, all of those plots that were originally sold are all, they all just, 
they transferred from one organization. Yes, to they other. did. They did. So yeah. now what's happening is actually an expansion of the, yes. the plan itself. Yes. So when you go into the grounds, once we have the, this plaza set up, one of the things I remember from the Crystal Cathedral days was this wall around the entire property. And you could see the top of the cathedral, but if you were kind of walking up to it or driving up to it, you saw basically a wall, kind of like Disneyland. You, you can't see it. <laughs> yes, right, exactly. Are we going to have that wall back? Because I noticed part of it is down. No, the wall's not coming back because we want the cathedral to I'm be... I'm so glad. <laughs> no, and it, it's stunning. It, when you w- drive down Lewis, yeah. the way you can really see yeah. the cathedral now... Right now, you really see construction. Well, yes, but it's it's very evident that you can see a whole lot yes. more than you could. And we're putting uh, trees and, uh, and an iron fence that okay. that you can see through. Okay, so the visual appeal is not going to be limited by the type of wall we had before. Instead, no. we're going to have visual right through a, a little fence that you'll be able to see right through yes. to the to this plaza, to these trees, to mm-hmm. this beautiful building that's there. That's right. Okay. So, this is all going to take place around April. Up to this point, we've modified this building we're in. I know that was one of the first things we did. Yes. And we've modified the building that's right near us that is kind of roundish shaped and used in different movies. Uh, what's that one called? It's called the Cathedral Cultural Center. And the Cultural Center has a little theater. It has a number of different areas for different gatherings of different types. And then we have the larger building that houses both the school and the uh, diocesan grounds that's revamped really, yes, as well. It has. Yes. So really, the cathedral is the last of the main buildings. That's right. To be done. So when it's done, phase one, so to speak, yes, is done. That's right. That's phase one is finished. Yes. Okay. So, what are the plans for the ministry that this beautiful set of grounds is, and set of buildings are are going to be used for? There are a number of different ways that cathedrals can be used, a number of different ways that dioceses can imagine their ministries or visualize their ministries is a better term. How do you and the bishops see this ground being conducive to the ministry of the Diocese of Orange? Well, one of the priorities in the Diocese of Orange right now is faith formation and evangelization. We already have a lot of that going on on the campus. Faith formation happens through our parish programs of faith formation from uh, the little ones all the way through adults, and also the diocesan offices of faith formation that do the training for the catechists and the leaders. Youth ministry goes on here. Young adult ministry goes on here through the parish and also through the diocesan offices. Evangelization happens because of where we are. And one of the beautiful parts of where this place is, it's right in the center of Orange County. And just, you know, with an eyesight, you can see Disneyland and Angel Stadium and the Honda Center and all these places of entertainment and, and, and happiness, really. Then to the uh, east, you see places of sadness and challenge. You see I Medical Center, Juvenile Hall, Men's Prison, Family Court that settles divorce cases and child custody cases. We see everyday people coming from all those places to the campus the Disneyland folks are mostly tourist types. There's other people, too, that come here to pray because it's just down the street. Maybe they've lost somebody in the hospital or somebody's gone in for a major surgery. I've talked to many moms whose kids are in juvenile hall that, that were just uh, put there. People that are in tears over the, the a divorce, that sort of thing. 
So the, the campus really reaches out to everybody that comes here. And that's why we're so intentionally trying to be welcoming and provide a place that is beautiful, spaces to pray, so that people can experience the love of Christ. And therefore, if they're not uh, already a people of deep faith, maybe it will help them to become that. I know that there is a sanctuary to the Holy Eucharist that had already been available to the public in a, in a smaller room. It's been moved a few months back to yes. a larger room that's available for people to come in in order to pray. And it's a, a beautiful place to be able to go and just to sit and relax with the presence of Christ. Yes. And it's available for anybody who wants to come in and be in the presence of the tabernacle. Absolutely. And then I know that, of course, the grounds to be able to walk on as well. Once we have Christ Cathedral opened up, though, at some point uh, it's going to be available for people to go in. Yes. But there's still a lot more left to do, even though we're opening in April. Is is that a fair way to put it? Yes, that is a fair way to put it. The, the main thing that needs to continue to happen after the dedication is the installation of the Hazel Wright pipe organ. Ah, Okay, I've heard a lot about this organ, so tell us just a little bit. Well, first of all, organs are designed in the context of the space that they're going to be played in. So the entire building becomes the instrument. Yes. And so this organ was designed for the Crystal Cathedral, and it's gone out for repair. How has that worked? Well, the original organ builders were the Rufati brothers who are in Italy. And over the course of 30 years, about that's how long the Crystal Cathedral was open, the pipe organ suffered a lot because pipe organs are very sensitive instruments. They're very susceptible to rapid changes of temperature. You're in a glass You're building. You're in a glass building with no air conditioning. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so that, that organ literally would go out of tune in one day. They had oh, to wow. tune it a couple times a day sometimes. Wow. Because of the extreme changes of temperature. Yeah, but that's a lot of wear and tear on yes. the, the organ. And not only that, but there were these 90-foot doors that opened up. Well, dirt came in, birds came in, so the pipes were filled with dirt, a lot of bird we're not nests. not have and, those anymore, are we? No, those doors have been sealed. Okay. They're not going to open. Yeah. So the whole pipe organ was removed and sent back to Italy where it was originally Built back to Italy. Yes, yes. So small because, little pieces, lots of boxes. Oh yeah. Okay. It goes from uh, the smallest pipe is smaller than a pencil, and the biggest one is thirty-two feet tall. So we have a huge range. Of wow. Pipes. Um, and the pipe organ uh, was uh, went to back to the factory where it was built. It's come back now, and most of the installation has to take place after the construction is finished because it, we need a dust-free environment so those pipes don't get filled up with construction dust. Then it needs it. to be voiced. A voicing is what gives a, an organ its personality, if you will. Yeah. And then it needs to be tuned. And all of that requires a quiet environment. So after the cathedral is dedicated in July... It will be open only on Saturday evening and Sundays for the masses, and then it will be closed from Monday through Saturday during the day for organ installation. And that's scheduled to go on more months up, hopefully be finished by the end of December or uh, mid-January. You're talking 32-foot pipes. Yes. It's going to take a lot to install all that and then mm-hmm. to make sure everything is done, as you put it, tuned and voiced. 
it's going to be absolutely beautiful when it's done, though. It will be beautiful. I heard it when it was in disrepair before it was taken out, and it was beautiful. I mean, it and the organ, there's pipes at all four corners of the cathedral, too. Wow. So, so the entire building really yes. does become the resonating. Theme. It really does. That's a really good description. Oh, that's going to be fantastic. Yes. And then your quadrifoils that you have on top that are designed for the light. Yes. Are they also going to affect how the organ... Yes. Is it playing? Yeah, they will affect the acoustics in a positive way. And another thing that, that is going to affect the acoustics and is a major change is that there is a stone wall that goes all the way around the perimeter of the worship space. And that it's beautiful. And that stone wall provides an intimacy for the cathedral, but it also provides a surface for the sound to bounce off of. You've got a, uh, you've got quite a, an echo chamber that you, you're going to have it there. Echo's the wrong term, but you're going to have a lot of, of reverberation. reverberation and, yes. Uh, yes, and that's a good thing if you don't have too much of it. As and, long as it's been controlled, yes. Yeah, and, and so far it's it looks like it's going to work quite well. Okay. So we have coming up then the grand opening coming up in July. Now, the grand opening itself is kind of a sold-out type of a, an arrangement. It's by invitation only for the ceremony itself. Yes. Because we have a couple of million people in the diocese, probably, oh, a few hundred thousand would love to come, and we've got room in in the cathedral for how many? About 2,100 people. 2,000 people. So, yeah, Yeah. we need to kind of limit that a little bit. Yeah, and we want to be able to invite people from each one of the parishes, and so, you know, everyone will get a certain amount of tickets, if you will, and then there's lots of other guests and all so I like to oh, emphasize, okay. uh, because there'll be a lot of bishops here, yeah, um, all our priests will be here, Okay, there'll be all kinds of special guests involved. So if you are interested in, in being a part of that, talk to your parish, because there's going to be some of the leadership within the parish of the individual parishes will be brought up here. Yeah, it will be up to each pastor uh, how he was going to distribute uh, okay. the tickets that are given okay. to the particular parish. Okay. So somebody called the other day wanting to know about that, and I said the best person to talk to is your pastor. pastor. Now, what I want to emphasize, though, is that's one day. That's just one day. The cathedral is going to be open, uh, well, like I said, every weekend and then every day of the week for many, many years. Are we going to televise this or record this? Yes. So while you may not get the reverberations that day, you'll be able to see and hear the organ won't be in yet. Anyway, well, the pipe organ will not, but there'll be a digital organ that that we're renting. It'll that will fill the space okay. in the interim. I understand, interestingly enough, that the original organ was not finished for the dedication of the Crystal Cathedral either, <laughs> <laughs> and they did the same thing we're doing. Repetition is is uh, is a good thing. Yes, you're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. With me today is Father Christopher Smith, who is rector of Christ Cathedral. And we're talking about Christ Cathedral and how the progress is uh, happening and the ministry that is going to come from that. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about how the ministry is going to be shaped in Orange County and how it's coming out of here. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio, and we'll be right back. Academic rigor and excellence are at the heart of private Catholic education. In 2016, eight Dioceses of Orange schools were awarded the highest U.S. Department of Education distinction through the No Child Left Behind Act Blue Ribbon School Program. The program honors public and private K-12 schools that are academically superior in their states or demonstrate dramatic gains in student achievement. Learn more. Visit OCCatholicSchoolsWeek.com. 
showing for one night only at a theater near you. A story about the devastating consequences of the sexual revolution and one father's quest for answers. Have you seen the videos and Instagram posts and ads that young women are fed these days? It's craziness. From writer-director Don Johnson, a new documentary that uncovers the truth about how we got here. The gist of Cosmo was hard work and sex without the kids will set you free. Unprotected, featuring stories and insight from some of today's most articulate Catholic thinkers, including Christopher West and Jennifer Fulweiler. Tickets available now at unprotectedmovie.com. Welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and with me today is Father Christopher Smith, and he is the rector of Christ Cathedral, and we've been talking about this beautiful grounds, currently with a lot of construction dust, which will be quickly cleaned up so that it can be dedicated this summer, and we can begin using the actual building itself as a worship center. A, a place to to have Eucharist, a place for us to gather. And I'm sure that you, of all people, are looking forward to that, probably as much as anybody else in the diocese. Maybe the bishop a little bit more, but not by a whole lot. That's right. That's true. I, I'll be very happy when we're open. We've been talking about some of the, the nuts and bolts, literally, of how this has been coming together. I'd like to know a little bit more about the the ministry vision uh, and how this is going to practically uh, impact the lives of average people in the diocese. Well, I like to use the imagery that the church uses for a cathedral, and that is as the mother church. And thinking about mothers, what do they do? Um, they guide, they give direction, uh, they give good example. And those are all the kinds of things that we are about here at Christ Cathedral. We are to be a model of, let's say, a good liturgy, that we celebrate the way we celebrate liturgy is done well and and thoughtfully and beautifully from the way the lectors proclaim the word, the way the people are welcome to the way the music is done, so that parishes can look to the cathedral church as a model church for doing liturgical ministry. Now, when this is done, you mentioned just a little bit about the floor plan. How is it going to physically be different inside if you're looking at um, the way the Crystal Cathedral used to look on the inside versus the way it is now from a liturgical perspective? From a liturgical perspective, the major difference is that the altar is on the main floor. When it was the Crystal Cathedral, there was an altar and a pulpit, but they were up. Okay. In a gallery Much area. like Calvin Light in a, in, a yes. good, in a good Presbyterian style, reformed tradition church. Okay. Yes. And the sanctuary of a Catholic church is, is the predella, which is the word for the platform upon which the altar sits. Okay. And so that will, that's a, a major difference. And so the altar will be on the predella. Another major difference is there'll be the cathedra, the bishop's chair. Crystal Cathedral didn't have a bishop, so there was no bishop's chair, and that's in a prominent place in the cathedral as well. We also have a beautiful ambo, a place where the word of God is proclaimed that matches the altar. There are also confessionals. Okay. Those are uniquely Catholic. So there are elements, stations of the cross, the religious art. There was no religious art per se in the Crystal Cathedral except uh, when you walked in. And... The configuration of seating will be 
not the same, but it will be in the same, looking in the same direction. So the cathedral is uh, interesting the way it's designed because it's very long from east to west and narrower from north to south. Right. And so we have kept the altar area on the north part of the cathedral. And so that is the narrowest weight of the, when you walk in the cathedral, you won't be going down this giant center aisle, if you will. Okay. okay. And the pews will be much like they are in many of our parish churches in a fan shape uh, around the altar. Okay. And Bishop wanted the floor plan to be not radically different from the way many of our churches are in the diocese. And so it will be very easy to see and it will be very beautiful to look at visually. And then, of course, there's the the balconies that will each floor, if you will, will seat about a thousand people. Okay. So as you go into this, it's going to resemble what you and your parish probably have been used to if you've been to a fairly modern... In the newer churches, yes. In the newer yes. churches. Yes. And so you're not going to be lost when you walk into No, you are not. Uh, no. So when you're looking at the accoutrements of art yes. and, and things, you mentioned that there wasn't a whole lot in the Crystal Cathedral originally that was meant in art, and that's very much also in keeping with the Calvinist tradition. Yes, yes. Uh, we Catholics, we like art. We, we love we, art. Yes. So how is that going to be different in there? What? Well, another major difference is a crucifix. There'll be a, a beautiful uh, crucifix. It's called the crux gemata, which is a, a term that talks about uh, a crucifix that has precious stones in it. Mm. And the corpus is of Jesus is hand-carved, and it's very beautiful. Um, he has a crown, on an, and that's it's a depiction of Jesus crucified and also looks forward to resurrection, and that will hang right over the altar. Oh, wow. And that's uniquely Catholic, yes. and you won't be Very able good. to miss it. So you'll you'll walk in and you'll see this beautiful crucifix. Yes. Where are we going to have the tabernacle? The tabernacle will be in the Blessed Sacrament Chapel, a special beautiful chapel, which will be at the east end of the cathedral. So what I like to call it, I don't know if it's correct, that the it's like the cathedral has wings, points that jut out on the east and the west. Okay. And there was a walkway, the capacity to walk under those wings before, and we're building a Blessed Sacrament Chapel. It will be circular under one of those wings on the east end. You'll still be able to walk outside, but we have a beautiful tabernacle that will sit right in the center of the chapel. And it's a large chapel. It'll hold about... 35, 40 people. Oh, wow. So, That'll be beautiful. Yes. And so many people come here to pray, as we mentioned before. Yeah. Yeah. So we wanted to have a worthy Blessed Sacrament Chapel. And also, if you're standing in the middle of the cathedral, you'll be able to look down and see the beautiful tabernacle from inside the cathedral. That will be very nice. Yes. Then when we're looking at, at the art that's a part of this, is there going to be anything that we're going to see that we might recognize from one of the... From the past, uh, do we have anything we're bringing in? Something old, something new, something borrowed, something yes. blue, so to speak? No, we don't have anything that we're bringing in from the past because we don't really have a much of a past <laughs> in the, in the we're sense We're building that our past now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the <laughs> I diocese is relatively young as far yes. as dioceses go. Yeah. So all of the all of the sacred art is commissioned spe- specifically for the cathedral. Now, something that will be very familiar looking is the shrine to Our Lady of Guadalupe. 
Okay. We have a beautiful shrine to Our Lady. It's going to be a, a mosaic. It's being okay. fabricated now in Italy. Okay. And that shrine will be on the south wall of the cathedral. So you walk in the door and then immediately to your right or to the left be the beautiful mosaic flanked by candles. And the beautiful part of where that's located is uh, Mary sometimes is referred to as the first among the disciples. Mm -hmm. So as the first among the disciples, she will be, if you will, looking out over the congregation and a part of it and be very visible from all over the cathedral. So that will be a familiar looking imagery. I haven't seen the drawings for that, but it... You're familiar with the Basilica in, in Washington, D.C.? Yes. On the left-hand side on the main floor, there's a beautiful, I think it's an Irish uh, chapel uh, with Mary in it. Yes. It remind, the way you described it reminds me a little of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much of that's going to be there. You can, If you walk in, you can see that from... Uh-huh, from, similar to that, so yes. Similar to that idea. That'll be yes. very nice. Yes, and then we'll have uh, other... We're going to have uh, sculptures, ball-relief sculptures, uh, meaning they'll be hanging on the wall of the four manifestations of the divinity of Christ. Okay. So when you walk in and look toward the altar to the left will be a beautiful sculpture of the epiphany. Oh, wow. Okay. And then to the right on the wall will be the baptism of the Lord. Okay. And then on the, on the south wall will be the wedding feast at Cana, which okay. is the first miracle of Jesus. Yes. And then on the other side will be... tells us to do whatever he says. Yes, yes. do whatever he says. <laughs> and then then the uh, the final one is the transfiguration of the Lord. Very nice. And that's beautiful because the transfiguration is going to be the feast day of Christ Cathedral. Oh, wow. The bishop has selected that feast oh, of Christ. Oh, I, I like that very much. It, yes. To me, as someone who, who is working academically in, in the early church... That's my my day job. <laughs> yes, but it's uh, one of the underappreciated days. In yes, the church calendar. I think, and there's so much more that can be done with that. I'm glad that we're going to have a representation of that in a very prominent way. Yes, there's so much good that can come from that. I'm yes. thrilled. This sounds wonderful. When you say bo- relief, you're talking about kind of a hybrid between sculpture and And a portrait. freestanding statue. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like a three-dimensional yes. picture, so to speak. Exactly. Very good. Yes. So it's not going to be... We do have statues. We have statues all around the, the entire campus. Yes. Most of those statues came with the campus itself. But we're going to have this on the inside. I take it there is continuity as well with with style for uh, what's going to be inside will be a continuation, so to speak, of what we see outside. There's not a clash, so to speak. Of, uh, no, there won't be a clash. Uh, it will be its own unique style. And, and the same artist is doing all of the sculptures, if you will, including the Stations of the Cross, they're going to be magnificent. The stations will be like, seven on each side. Uh, they'll be hanging on the walls uh, below the balcony on the east and the west. And they're taken from the perspective of the face of Jesus mostly. Oh, wow. And so you see these beautiful, and that's so you'll be able to really see them well because the place is so big. Yeah. If you try to do a whole scene, it would get lost up there. So sure. they're very beautifully done. And those will be uh, their in time for the dedication as well. Okay, so we're going to have virtually all of the art will be up. Well, two of the manifestations of Christ will be up. Okay. The other two are yet to come because 
I only had so much money in my budget for phase one. <laughs> so well said, well said. But they're planned. And they're, they're planned. The planned and they're, to have the money as we and go along. They're to ready do to hang, and all the infrastructure's there. And so, for all of our listening audience, if you've got extra money that's just hanging around your bank account, you're welcome to send it to uh, the building fund here that's at right. Christ Cathedral. Yeah. Uh, so when we have this dedication, you said the artwork is uh, primarily being done by one artist. The sculpture. The sculptures are. And the committee itself is working through all of the artwork yes. so that the continuity is going to be beautiful. How is that going to flow into then the outside? You mentioned that the plaza has all these different trees. How did, how did that come t- together? Well, one of the site work architects are the ones that came up with that that plan for the plaza, and we really liked that. Okay. So uh, one of the challenges we th- we had at the beginning is, well, you know, we have these architectural icons of, of Richard Neutra and uh, Richard Meyer and Philip Johnson, and they're all different. So, uh, you know, how do you pull these together? Well, what, we, what the architects said, let's not try to pull them together. Let's make the cathedral clearly the center. And so the other magnificent buildings are on the periphery, if you will. And they can be their own artistic style. Exactly. And exactly. we mentioned at the beginning of the broadcast that you know, one of our buildings, for example, has been used in, in as the backdrop for a couple of different movies yes. now. Uh, I know that uh, the, the new Star Trek movies have used it yes. in the past. Because it's just so beautiful. And it, and it looks so modern it could fit 200 years from now. Absolutely. Which is exactly how they cast it. <laughs> so, That's right. Very well done. So... The ministry that's going to be here is what I want to focus on yes. when we come back, uh, because you've outlined now a a campus that will, when someone comes onto it, they're going to be able to feel the presence of Christ, both aesthetically, they're going to be able to feel the beauty of the campus yes. and of Christ's ministry, but also the peace, and uh, it will be open to the calming nature of who we are as a people. Yes. When we come back, Father, I want to ask you how you see the vision of this moving out into the rest of, as you said, it's a mother church, mm-hmm. how we're going to be bringing people onto campus, Yes. how it, this space can be best utilized, how can we, there's all sorts of things that I can imagine that can be done here. I want you to tell us what your thoughts are. Okay. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm talking with Father Christopher Smith, who is the rector of Christ Cathedral here in Garden Grove, and we will be right back. This is Deacon Steve Greco, and I'm radio host of the show Empowered by the Spirit. I've recently written a book, Expect and Experience Miracles, that is available on Amazon. And the reason we did that is because the Lord Jesus Christ wants to shower us with his love and shower us with his grace, which is unmerited favor. The definition of miracle is God's supernatural intervention in our lives. And Jesus does that all the time. Let's be open to it. Expect miracles, and you will see the grace that God has in store for you. God bless you all. In L.A. County, there are more than 28,000 children in foster care. And sadly, every day more children enter the system. But their story doesn't have to end there. 
Maybe you've been thinking about starting or expanding your family. If so, there's a child in foster care waiting for you. A simple visit to fosterall.org can change the course of a child's life and yours. As a proud partner with the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, Foster All takes the guesswork out of navigating the foster adopt process and will match you with a foster family agency that suits your needs. Each agency is different, so let Foster All be your guide. Log on to fosterall.org. There's a community of amazing people waiting to support your decision to love a child. And Foster All is right beside you the entire way. Do you have room in your heart and your home for a child? Begin your journey with Foster All today at fosterall.org. That's fosterall.org. Welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Halleck, your host. And with me today has been Father Christopher Smith, who is the rector of Christ Cathedral. And before we do anything else, and before I forget, I want to thank you profusely, Father, for coming in and sharing with us. Sure. And I understand that between now and the opening, roughly, we're going to be hearing more from you on a fairly regular basis. So you can keep us up to date. Yes. How is that going to work? You're going to have your own program. Yes, I'm going to have my own program. And basically, it will be a program that's dedicated to giving updates to what's happening at Christ Cathedral, to talk at greater length about some of the ministries that are here, and to really make the cathedral more and more accessible over the air to people as well. That's fantastic. I'm very glad to hear that. So that'll be starting in a couple of weeks, and that'll be about 10.30 every other week or so. And then I understand we're also going to be hearing more from our Catholic schools. We'll talk more about that at a different time. But we're going to be hearing more from you, which is going to be very, very good. I understand as we're looking at the campus that we mentioned this was kind of phase one that we're finishing up with. And phase one really is an end on one hand to what the current plan is. But the way that the campus is situated, it's got a lot of open space. Yes, If the needs of the diocese grow as Southern California continues to change, is there flexibility to the plan for how the space can be utilized? There is flexibility, and there's also a design. It seems like many years ago now, (laughs) some years ago, our landscape architects and site architects put together a site plan, and they measured out where future buildings could go, how big they could be, and all those kinds of things. Okay, so what we see now is perfectly complete as we need it for the moment. Yes. But we have plans for planning purposes that we could be opening up other things 10, 20, 30 years from now. Yes, that's right. And one of the things we have to be careful, though, is that we don't build on the whole thing because part of the beauty of the campus is you have open space for events. Right. So, for example, that plaza. Yes. Uh, we On just the north end of the plaza, now that's called the Marion Court, if Marion Courtyard. There's going to be a beautiful shrine there to Our Lady of Levang. Wow. Very important to the Vietnamese community. They've just done a marvelous job raising the funds, and the plans are all there. It's all designed. So uh, hopefully that will be in place uh, within about a year or so. And and then uh, there'll be other shrines out there, hopefully, of Mary. And so there'll be plans on the plaza, to expand, but also the gathering space, just that quadrant of the plaza and the adjoining parking lot next to it can hold 10,000 people. Oh, wow. So we have a, we, a place, in fact, where we would put an altar for an outdoor mass. 
And we hope to have all kinds of wonderful events like that on the campus as See, well. I'm excited. I could imagine different types of conferences yes, being held here. Exactly. We've got, uh, of course, the convention center that is not far away, easily bussable back yes. and forth. And we've got all this space to be able to have conferences for evangelization, for yes. trainings, for all sorts of things that you can do for a whole weekend and have thousands of people here and make this a real center of Christian learning, Christian evangelization, Christian catechesis. Yes, and that's part of the vision, and we already have had some inquiries about that. For when we, We've had them that they wanted to already come, but we can't accommodate it yet. Right, they're not time yet. And <laughs> bring your hard hats. <laughs> yes, and, we want, and we'll have diocesan events here. We want the parishes to, to come to the cathedral, to utilize the cathedral, and and our not just the building but the other venues that we have here, our beautiful arboretum where we held mass now. It's a beautiful space for a banquet or or a lecture or a concert and those kinds of things. One of the things I really like, and if it works out, we want to build into a new mass schedule the possibility of a time slot where there could be special diocesan events. Uh, some of the things perhaps that happen during the week that the bishop has, for example, the Respect Life Mass and mm -hmm. Mass Honoring Marriages and, and Healing Mass, that those could be held maybe on a Sunday afternoon in the cathedral. It would help our people in South County and other places to not have to drive through a bunch of traffic to get here um, Sunday afternoon. That's true. The cathedral would be open in daylight. We're going to have a gift shop eventually in the cultural center, Exhibits were the exhibit featuring the art of the Sistine Chapel. I'm very excited. That's coming in April. That's going again at our cultural in center. Our cultural center. Yeah, that's going to be beautiful. And concerts. There's all kinds of things like that that we will be able to do. And we're planning in in terms of the schedule. And we've also planned it in to the way we've designed the space. I would hope at some point we can have a magnificent outreach center here on the campus, a place that we could be of service to people who are uh, homeless and, and living on the margins and that kind of thing, that we could eventually develop a, a modeled ministry of outreach to the poor. That's also something. We have a, a good ministry now through the parish. It could be even bigger, and maybe we could have some kind of a center here. How to do empowerment of people yes. at all levels of life, Absolutely. including those who are not of means. Exactly. So the campus itself, this has been a real godsend. It has. Um, I, I know when we first started talking that you mentioned that we'd been looking for space to build a cathedral. We looked at a space that was down in Santa Ana, and this came open. How many acres is this? How big a plot of ground is this? 35 acres. In the middle of Orange County, that's that's almost unheard of. It's unheard of. So it, it doesn't really exist anymore no. other than what we've got here. Exactly. So the idea that we could get this for, it was 57.5 yeah. million. And we had originally thought the estimates might go quite a bit higher to actually buy and build elsewhere for something much smaller and yes. with less facilities and less expansion and less ability to do the ministry. Absolutely. So what we have here then for less money, yes. thank, thank you, Jesus, is more space, more hope, more ministry. Yes. And we're able to accommodate so much more. 
That is so good. I am so glad to, to hear all that. It's exciting. I, I'm looking forward to seeing all the people that are going to be here for the events that are going to be happening this year. And I know we don't just have the one event. We have several events that are being planned. Yes. You're going to be talking more about that on your show, which will be coming in a couple of weeks at 1030 on Saturday morning. So that'll be good, too. As we're looking at where we're going with this campus, what has been for you personally the most fulfilling part of what you've come to? Because you've walked this all the way through. You've, yes. had the, you've had the privilege of being allowed to do that. Yes. Not everyone who enters a project like this gets to take it through to its completion. Absolutely. What's been the best part of this for you? The best part of it has been to see how many people from so many diverse backgrounds and specialties and experiences have come together to make this project happen. It's taken tens of thousands of people to give their generous gifts financially. Thousands of other people who have been on the boards, the commissions, the the planning, the the structure of, of how we run things here. I've met so many wonderful people that I would have never have met before. And I've just seen, I like to say I've seen the church at its best and Catholicism at its best here, <laughs> uh, particularly through the people. Wow. And, of course, being the pastor of the parish has been very, very fulfilling for me to, to work with this community. It's so diverse uh, with our, you know, Vietnamese, Spanish, English, Samoan, Filipino, all kinds of different cultures and to see the people who left their home, if you will, at St. Callistus move here, really growing into being a cathedral parish. I love pastoring, and uh, I haven't just had to be part of the, the brick-and-mortar stuff. I've also been able to be pastorally active here, and that's been very fulfilling. Spoken like a true pastor, one who loves his, his flock. Father, I want to thank you very much for coming in. Would you be so kind as to lead us in a word of prayer and blessing for our listening audience? Loving and gracious God, we are grateful again to have spent this time. In all that we do, we desire to give you glory and praise. And so we say, glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you again, Father Christopher Smith, for coming in as Rector of Christ Cathedral. And I want to thank you, all of you who have been listening. I hope that you're excited about being able to see the completion of the cathedral. You'll be able to hear more about uh, Father and what's been happening at the cathedral as he starts his program at 1030 on Saturday mornings. And if you would like to hear this podcast, you can go to OCCatholic.com and pull up the tabs for OC Catholic Radio. And you can hear all sorts of podcasts, including this one shortly. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and we'll see you again next week. If you have never experienced the beauty of the Sistine Chapel, now is your opportunity. From April 13th through the end of the year, Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel Masterpiece will be on exhibition in the Cultural Center on Christ Cathedral Campus, brought to life using a special photographic technique that reproduces the look and feel of the original paintings. You will be given a chance to engage with the artwork in ways that were never before possible. 
For the first time ever, you can explore the artwork at your own pace and admire the art from a distance that is physically impossible to achieve in the actual Sistine Chapel. This is an extraordinary opportunity to gain a new perspective on some of the most famous artwork in history. It also provides an incredible chance for inspiration as well as reflection on the purpose and meaning of the work. For more information about this unique exhibit and to purchase your tickets, visit SistineExhibit.com. Student and group ticket pricing is available. Visit SistineExhibit.com. That's SistineExhibit.com. And awaken your curiosity to the innovative and unique interpretation of Michelangelo's timeless masterpiece.